Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Oh, yeah. We have a busy afternoon and evening in just a moment. Jerry Reynolds, Ryan in Sacktown. Then at 6.30, Ryan with the pregame show. Then we'll be on PSF Pro Sports Fans app with our watch party. Halftime with the one and only Jerry Reynolds. Postgame show. We got you covered right here on If You Don't Like That. Sacramento missed you. Carter. Stolen by Williams. And look at this. Oh, you don't like that. You don't like NBA basketball. Bucks. Goodbye. Oh, if you don't like that, you don't like NBA basketball. The exclamation point from the Eric Fox. Oh, if you don't like that, you don't like NBA basketball. Boy, that's an ESPN highlight right there. Whoa. Carlson comes in. How about this? Holy moly, Jim Bob Bowley. That was a major league smush. Ah, uh, yes, indeed. The one and only Jerry Reynolds joins us. And what a busy Wednesday. The Kings open up a six-game trip. Jerry, it's great to see you again. Let's back up to the last game. Boy, you think De'Aaron Fox makes a difference to this team or what? I don't think he, any of us were surprised that he makes a huge difference. I have to say I was surprised that he made it so quickly. Yeah. You know, I mean, his impact was felt in about six seconds. But, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's clearly one of the elite players in the NBA today. And, yeah. uh, you know, I always say there's usually only maybe a dozen, maybe 15, what I call difference makers, guys who are good enough to uh, make a difference in the win column, not just stats. Well, he also makes everyone else better on the floor. We saw the real Keegan Murray. Sabonis looked like himself. I mean, and when the Kings collectively are shooting the ball as well as they did the other night, there really are very few teams in the NBA that will beat them. Yeah, I mean, uh, certainly it's a team, and we've talked about this before. They really, they obviously shoot a lot of threes. They depend on not just shooting threes, but making threes. And we've seen uh, go through some rough times with some key three-point shooters, obviously Herter and Keegan Murray in particular. So uh, looks like they're off the snide there. And and that, that will determine their success tonight as well. I mean, they, they've got to hit a decent percentage of threes for them to win. Harrison Barnes really has not been doing a lot. Uh, should we be concerned with that? Probably a little, you know, because uh, he really hasn't. Uh, I mean, it's the strangest thing when you look at his uh, stats. He's the most productive scorer shooting-wise on the team. You know, he's averaging over 1.5 points a game, I mean, it, which is terrific. That's the good news. The bad news is he never shoots. Uh, he's got to get more involved. And I guess my own personal take is, and, and we've talked a little about this, is that uh, Harrison's is one of the few good low post players the Kings have. And and they used him a lot there last year. And I really think they've got to get him involved, especially with Sabonis playing higher and higher at times. They can slide him in underneath a little high, low action. And I think would get Harrison involved and probably help their three-point shooting because you draw a little attention into that low block. But uh, so I guess what I'm saying is, Certainly a lot of it's Harrison's fault. Some of it probably isn't. You know, maybe they could use utilize him a little better.
All right, you just said because they're using uh, Sabonis higher and higher. Do you like that? Well, I, I I think as long as they're they're able to get good clean three shots, three point shots, I'm okay with it. You know, I think sometimes the defense has pushed him out there. Uh, he and you know, I thought uh, the other night against Cleveland, he was able to drag his defender away from the basket, and so that's a good thing. That's uh, uh, you know and. Conversely, when, you know, the bigs jumped out on his three-point shooters, he really went to the basket hard. And so, yeah, I, 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 think, that, I think he's smart enough to take advantage of it both ways, the extra space for his shooters and uh, to really create problems going to the basket. All right, good news is uh, on the injury front, Trey Lyles is now been given the green light to resume uh, basketball activity. So what that means is, you know, now he's got to get, you know, back into shape. He's got to get reconditioned. So we don't know how long that's going to take, but at least that's encouraging news. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I think he's a guy that for this team to be as good as we want him to be and think they will be, he's got to be a key part of it. You know, he's a guy that uh, can make threes, uh, can play four, can play five. And they kind of get, they, he's really kind of an insurance policy for, uh, certainly for Barnes and maybe even Keegan and to a lesser degree, even Sabonis, if they want to go real small. I was explaining to this, uh, or I was explaining this, I think on the post game show the other night, you, you can certainly answer this more than me. This is a long season. There's 82 games and I don't really make too much out of it when an individual like Davion Mitchell does not play in the last game. I mean, Sasha Vizankov didn't play for two games. He got put back in, played well. He played 18 minutes the other night. You know, there are injuries in this game. There are guys that are going to go in and out of the lineup. Do I think it's a great sign that Davion did not play? No. If I'm Davion Mitchell, I don't look at that as a great sign. But I also know that could change tonight, okay? He could get called on, play well, get his minutes back, and be right back to where he was. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Davion's a good player, but you made a great point on Davion. I think it's really accurate. I hadn't thought about it until I did think about it, realized that, no, well, you know, he is a little bit, his game doesn't fit the, the high-paced offense. You know, that's not how he played in college. You know, he was terrific at Baylor. They won the national championship, but they were a half-court team offensively and defensively. And uh, having said that, uh, could he? I do think he would fit better with Fox than he did, you know, with with Herder or somebody else as the off guard because Fox creates the speed, and so he's not really uh, the guy that can do that himself. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a good chance. I mean, he's a good player. Uh, you know, it's a case where I think uh, Coach Brown has got so many options. Yeah. You know, I mean, Keon Ellis. Uh, uh, you know, he's still trying to search, see what uh, Duarte can do for him. Colby Jones has shown something. Uh, so he's got a lot of pieces yep. there. And I, I mean, and so, you know, it's like JaVale McGee. I thought JaVale McGee has been playing well. But uh, Alex Lynn got a chance and probably played better. <laughs> of course, now he might be hurt. So Yeah, he's so, going to be yeah, out for a while with a moderate high ankle sprain. Okay, so as a as a coach, Jerry, you've been in that seat. When you have a player on your roster and he falls out of favor with you for whatever reason, 
that's kind of that happens too, right? I mean, that happens all the time in the league. Oh, absolutely. Uh, having said that, I mean, I I never felt I never had a player as good as Davion fall out of my favor. Uh-huh. I'll tell you that. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> I I didn't have that luxury, <laughs> you know. So, uh, but I mean, but it's true. I mean, you you have guys that you you know you you think are going to be players for you. And as the season goes or whatever, you find out, no, they just can't do it. And then we've got to go a different direction. And, uh, you know, the player has to adjust, you know, and be a pro. And, and certainly I don't think there's any problem with Davion. You know, he is much like Alex Lynn, you know, it's a, it's a, or Trey Lyles. These guys, uh, they, they know they're going to get limited time. And they, they've always handled it well. And I think they will continue to. All right, a six-game road trip, and I think the first two games are are the games that you really have to get. I like the way the Kings match up at the Lakers. LeBron is listed as questionable, but I can't imagine him not playing. I know they played last night, but they none of the starters played extended minutes. Then you have Dallas. Then you have New Orleans twice, and they're a very uh, a finicky team. They can be good, they can, but you know if they're playing well, and then you end up in Minnesota, who's playing very well. So I look at this six-game trip. Yeah, I would take three and three. But I think it's I think tonight's really the measuring stick game because I think you will beat San Antonio. Then after that, you know, you got four games all against pretty good teams. Yeah, well, really, San Antonio is the only team you look on there that they just absolutely should beat. Yep. I mean, the Spurs are quite honestly very disappointing in my mind. I agree. You know, Wimbanyana has been quite disappointing too, and and not that he will be in three years, but the truth is he is right now, and. Uh, but like you say, there's others. I mean, the Pelicans, if they get McCollum back, I mean, that that, that could be a tough team. Yeah. You know, and they still had Murphy and Jones, a whole bunch of guys out. And they destroyed Dallas last night, destroyed them. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, Dallas has been playing at a high level. I think they were 8-2 going in. But it's NBA, and the big thing is, boy, there's a long way to go. I, I do think your point is right about Minnesota, though. Uh, they're – they're ready to take a nice jump, yep. I think, if they can stick out Their roster looked very good last year, the same way it does this year. For whatever reason, Rudy Gobert and everyone else just didn't gel. But they're gelling right now. They're a good basketball team. Yeah, I think getting having Carl Anthony Towns, you know, in shape and, and start the year. And then I think maybe it's just a small thing, but I, I think with Anthony Edwards – everybody kind of gets the fact that he's a star, uh-huh. you know, I mean, it's, he was still, they were still sorting that all out and maybe Towns was not comfortable totally adjusting to maybe being the second guy. And I, I think pretty much everybody knows, okay, uh, he's the guy and, and you can be <laughs> the second best guy. And if, if Towns is your second best guy, you're pretty darn good. Last night, you know, they beat the Warriors by three points in a game that uh, had a fiasco at the beginning, uh, the first two minutes. And, of course, Draymond Green, you know, has to get involved. I just – I don't even know what else to say about him that I haven't already said. I mean, you're already down Steph Curry. You know, if you're Draymond Green there, I understand coming to the defense of a teammate, but you can't get ejected. He just doesn't seem to care. He's just an out-of-control guy. Right. I, I don't know. You know, I mean, it's it's it, – Listen to pardon the interruption on right before this coming on with you guys. And that, they, you know, they're saying, well, you got to suspend him and uh, at least three games and maybe five. And yeah, I think that's the minimum. 
Uh, I mean, and because it's not just the a- action he had there, but it's a consistent pattern with yep. him. And he cl- he clearly hasn't got the the message very well. And if if uh, if I were Commissioner Stern, I would want to make sure and Joe Dumars that he gets the message to some degree, and the Golden State Warriors need to get the message too that uh, at some point it, some of this is on them. They've uh, they've really kind of not only tolerated but covered for him a little bit. It's really time to stop. Brutal. Absolutely brutal. Hey, folks, if you're joining us for the first time, please subscribe and give us a thumbs up. Again, hit that subscribe button and give us a thumbs up. Uh, We would greatly appreciate it. Glad to have you here as uh, we have a very busy day, pregame, halftime, postgame right here. And then uh, Rhino and I will be on Pro Sports Fans. That is coming up for our watch party with the Kings and the Lakers. And we want to say uh, thank you to New Works Plumbing of Sacramento. They are awesome. Your plumbing needs and repairs. Just go to sacserviceplumbing.com or call the number on your screen. New Works Plumbing, they've got a fix for you. Speaking of Ryan, we bring him in now as he uh, will be doing the pregame show 30 minutes before the Kings and the Lakers, and then we'll be over on Pro Sports Fans. What did you think about uh, Draymond Green last night, Rhino? Uh, not surprised. Uh, it's it's the pattern of behavior. It speaks to last year. It's the reason Jerry hit the nail on the head. The reason that he likely got the suspension in the playoffs was because of his prior history. So uh, I don't know what's going to rein him in. I think the Warriors are a big reason for it, just like Jerry said. You know, the Warriors got off to that great start. Now they've uh, hit the, the skids a little bit. And, you know, if Steph Curry, if he's out for any extended period of time, they don't believe he will. But uh, it's tough to win games without Steph Curry. I mean, he just means everything to that team, Jerry. Yeah, even more than he used to. I uh-huh. think, you know, with Clay Thompson not being Clay Thompson and and Draymond sort of not the same player. And then and you've got a slow start from Wiggins at the start of this season, yeah. too. So, but uh, Steph is still Steph. You know, I always said it. One thing you found out about uh, Draymond was uh, the year Steph was out a part of the year and Clay was out the whole year and they had the worst record in the year, in the league. And uh, so anytime they these people talking about him being a Hall of Famer, excuse me, no, he is not a Hall of Fame basketball player. He's a he's a role player with great players. Great, great point. What about the Lakers this season? They are six and five. They had some bad losses. They had no problem with a bad Memphis team last night. But when you watch the Lakers, Jerry, what do you see with this team? I see the potential for a really good team. You know, I mean, I think they've got their guy, enough guys. You know, they finished the season strong. Uh, now they got them all together. I mean, I think Vanderbilt is still, you know, could could help a little. But, you know, I hate to say it because – because I actually like them. I think I don't like them, but I mean, I think I like them as a good team. I think they're going to cause a lot of problems in the West. The one player that I always am concerned about is D'Angelo Russell, because he just has that ability to take over games. We've seen it before against Sacramento. He's always, to me, when I look at that team, you pretty much know what you're going to get from Anthony Davis, assuming he's playing. Same thing with LeBron, but with Russell, boy, Jerry, you know, he's kind of hit or miss. Well, he can really make shots yep. if you, uh, but he's really guardable. You know, he's one of those guys that uh, certain guys can really just shut him down because uh, he's he's a little a little more clever than he is athletic. You know, and uh, I really would be surprised a little bit if if Fox, if he guards him, can't really close him out. Uh, but but he is. I mean, the guy if he gets shots, he'll make them. Yep. And uh, I think the the uh, 
kind of the 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 outsider in this whole thing, or maybe the difference maker could be Austin Reeves, because he he's really a little more of a guy who makes people around him better more so than D'Angelo Russell. And and when he gets when he gets to scoring, they're awfully good. Uh, you know, now some he can be guarded too, but but he's a guy if he goes for eighteen or twenty, they're, they're a tough out. Ryan, I think they're a tough out also, but if the Kings are making shots similarly to the way they did the other night, they'll win tonight. Yeah, they absolutely should. I mean, the, you look at the difference with De'Aaron Fox, 127 points per game in the four games he's played, 102 when he does it in the five. So Kings make shots, they'll be good. Also, the Lakers like to foul. They are not very good defensively. Opponents get to the line more than any other team uh, in the NBA. Uh, against the Lakers. So I think that that's another plus with the Kings and Sabonis with the way that front line. Is and Rhino, the Lakers are very good at home. They're unbeaten at 5-0. and oh. and, and Jerry, Ryan and I were talking about this the other night on the post game. And I know it's early and without De'Aaron Fox, everything is skewed. But last year, I think the, the biggest surprise was how well the Kings played on the road and how, for lack of a better term, poorly, because I think there were a lot of games at home that were very poorly played that they lost against inferior teams. And now early, and again, without Fox, the numbers are skewed with the games he's missed, but it's the opposite. You know, the Kings only had the one road win that was at Utah. And now let's see this six game trip. We'll see if they can find that road mojo. Yeah, they really need to. And I mean, as you pointed out, I mean, they they were as good on the road as just about anybody. Yeah. I mean, they're right at the top of the league in, in road wins last year and, and very, you know, mediocre at home. And, uh, you know, I don't expect them to be quite that good on the road, but I do expect them to be significantly better at home. And But this this road trip will prove a lot. I mean, it, as you said earlier, I, I mean, if they go three and three, I think that really bodes well yeah. for them. I mean, because there's some tough – tough wins out there starting tonight. You know, just to give you an idea of what we're talking about with home court, Denver, who uh, leads the record in the West with nine and two, they're seven and zero at home. All right. So they, they make sure that they did it last year too. Going into Denver is very difficult to beat that team when they're playing like this, Minnesota. Okay. Eight and two. They have not lost at home. They're five and zero. Dallas eight and three. They're four and one at home. All right. Houston, which is off to an incredible start. They're six and one at home. All right. Kings now are four and one at home. Lakers, as I said, five and zero at home. The good teams in the league, historically, always have a good home court record. Jerry, I'm I don't recall the last what I would call really good team that did not have a good record at home. I guess you could maybe say the Kings last year because they were third in the West and their record at home didn't really make you raise your eyebrows. But I'm talking about, you know, a, a team that I can I, I can't really think of one right now. Well, I don't think there has been one. I mean, a serious contender for a championship right. or a Western final or something. I, you know, I'm only 79 and I haven't seen one. So uh, basically, it says you have to win your home games if you're going to be a, a contender. And I, we've talked before for years. It, it's like, uh, generally speaking, if you're going to contend for a championship, if you're at or slightly above 500 on the road, uh, that that's a, a kind of a, a mark as well. But uh, which means you you really should win 28 to 30 at home at least. And so, uh, yeah, that's uh that's always been yep. that way. So, 
the Kings have simply have got to do better at home, which they're doing. Uh, and as we talked about, I always think of the interesting point of all sports, the home court means more than basketball yes. and anything, but partly due to the emotions of the crowd yep. and the involvement and all that. I mean, I do think that plays a role where in football or baseball, I don't think it does as much. Ryan, have you ever been in the presence of a 79 year old sex symbol? A 79-year-old sex symbol. Yeah, every Wednesday. You better be, you be careful how you answer this, Ryan. Every Wednesday. I mean, the ladies and the gentlemen love Jerry Reynolds. It doesn't matter. So I'm guessing that uh, that's who you're referencing there, Grant. Well, that's a, that's the a good thing about being unattractive when you're younger. You don't have to you don't lose much. You know, you just kind of, you just kind of fade away. Oh my God. Oh, 79, Jer. Well, you know, yeah, how many miles yeah. you walking a day? I'm still uh, walking about three and a half. That's good. You know, about three and a half. Yeah. And if it rains around. The- See, I, well, I haven't walked yet today. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get on treadmill because it kind of Lakers. So I have to build, you know, kind of get rid of a little, little extra motion, you know what I mean? So, uh, so I'll get on treadmill and think, think bad thoughts of them. Yeah. I mean, Ryan, you know this, but, uh, all the games, all the games that me and Jerry did throughout those years, there was no team that gave the Kings more heartache than the Lakers. I mean, and I'm sure Jerry can reflect back to when he was coaching, but I mean, that team just, you just kind of knew. Something bad was going to happen at the end of the game, and more times than not, it did. Yeah, the only time that I can think of things going really right was uh, the game where Bobby Jackson got the stop on Kobe. Kings went up, I think, two games in the series at home, and then it all fell apart from there. But it's always something with the Lakers. It just feels like Big Brother. And until you're able to get over on Big Brother and make him uh, work for you, it's going to feel that way still. Yeah, always. I mean, you're exactly right, Ryan. I mean, the, the Kings, it's really important to the franchise to beat beat them in a key playoff series. That's yeah. that's really where it's at. And, you know, I mean, back in my days, I mean, there wasn't any hope of that with the Showtime Lakers. It was just, you know, there wasn't really much hope for anybody else except the Celtics. Yep. <laughs> I mean, it was just, they were just, uh, you know, head and shoulders above everybody. And there was no hope for Jerry when the Showtime Lakers uh, enabled him to have his first NBA coaching job, <laughs> and he was, uh, yep. you know, yeah, he got his, he yeah. got the, he got the job from uh, his good, good uh, friend uh, Phil Johnson. But uh, they didn't take the Lakers out of the division, which made life a little bit more difficult for Jerry when he moved over 18 inches to the head coaching job. No, you know, it's one of those things. You, as a coach, you always think when the game starts, you think you can win, but then you know couple of hours before your logic is in there. You're saying, let's see, Jabbar, Worthy, <laughs> Magic, Robert Scott. And, you know, you're saying, what the hell? You know? <laughs> and so, you know, but then once the ball goes up, you think, well, you know, and I would say that's kind of why, you know, when you're a losing coach or a bad team, you see the coaches bitch and complain even more because they need every call. Yep. Yeah. You know, I always used to every now and then I'd try to, I'd go to officials for the game. I'd ask him, would you guys consider a cheat the other team? Help us win. And of course it's a, 
<laughs> no, I said, well, I just thought I'd try. You know, <laughs> no, it's kind of. It's kind of difficult to get uh, ready for a game, I would assume, if you're a coach. When you look at uh, their starting lineup, you go, all right, that player is better than my player. This player is better. That player is better. Their small forward's better. Uh, well, their center is better. Let's see. Uh, Michael Cooper on the bench. The be- oh, their bench is better. Their coach is better. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes it really That's what and you And you look down and and their coach. That's Pat Riley. Yeah, he's better too. Yeah. At least Jerry always has the phrase, well, that's why they play the game, guys. Yeah. Just hold hey. on until yeah. tip-off. And, and, and I mean, in all honesty, we beat them once on, I think, on, on TNT one night. You know, it's like, I don't know how it happened, right. but we did. Hey. And, then they, hey. and they were all healthy. Yeah. They had them all out there. And, <laughs> so, and Jerry looks down at Pat Riley's in his $5,000 suit, and Jerry's got the same suit on that he had the game before. Yeah, the, yeah, the men's warehouse, buddy. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, the the whole thing. You know what I mean? The the, the whole. Uh, yeah. But oh boy, incredible! Contrast wow. in haircuts, mustaches. Yeah. Hey, uh, yeah. hey, Jerry. Alberto has a message for me. He says their coach was better. That's not a line, Grant. Well, you know, I'm sorry. I love Jerry like a family member, but I can't put him ahead of Pat Riley. I apologize. No, you know, I <laughs> I, I wouldn't. Uh, but I'll tell you, I always remember the time I, I saw Pat when he was at Miami uh, and uh, was doing TV, but visiting with him, I always got along with Pat, liked him a lot, respected him. And I was kidding him. I said, you know, of all – I, I coached some bad teams, but I said, I never coached one as bad as the one you just had. He had one, won 15 games or 17 games. And I and he said, yeah, you, NBA, you got to have players. That's right. Well, and uh, I mean, even Pat understood that. I mean, ask Greg Popovich right now in the last few oh boy. years, you know, it's. Well, Jerry, I will say this. I, I, I believe that if the Lakers had called you during that era and said, we would like you to come coach our team. Jerry, I got to believe you would have had a 60 win seasons. Okay. I, yeah. I think, you know, with that lineup, I mean, I can't yeah, imagine honestly, screwing that lineup up. Yeah. Honestly, I, I've always said, I mean, if that was my first job like Pat with, with those guys, could I, would I have won? Absolutely. Hell yeah, you would have won. won. Yeah. Having said that, I don't think I could have done, I'm pretty sure. I think Pat was perfect and better at the championship stuff. You know, I think his, Ability to motivate and a tough-minded guy, so I wouldn't, you know, I I did differentiate, but I think any professional coach could have coached that team to fifty-five to sixty wins. So well, HB, okay. if not, then that would qualify you as a really, really, really bad coach. Okay. <laughs> yeah, if you, yeah. If you're going to take that roster and win 48, <laughs> 45 games, you're you've got no business in the NBA. Right. So I'm curious. So HBO came out with the uh, show Winning Time, which kind of documents the Lakers during that period of time that we're talking about. And Paul Westfall was one of the coaches before Pat Riley. Did he ever talk about his time around the uh, Lakers franchise when he was here in Sacramento? Well, no, it's Paul Westhead. Yeah, I well, uh, yeah, I I don't understand that. Yeah, word. yeah, it's Paul Westhead, and uh, I. Yeah, it's one of those things. It's really strange because, you know, he won a championship. Uh, Paul Westhead did. You know, obviously Pat took over for him and, of course, had great success. But, I mean, Westhead himself had won a championship with those guys. They fired him because I think some of the players didn't like his style. But it's always interesting. He got fired because 
they didn't like his slow style, walk it up and play half court. And it was always kind of interesting. People forget Then he went to, he went to Denver and failed as well, but he was playing with a super fast uh, style. Then he went to Laula Marymount and broke all college records for up-tempo. You know, I always thought that was very interesting, remarkable. Yeah. And then also won a championship with in the WNBA as a coach. Uh, same thing, a, a total up-tempo. But I like always say it's, it's interesting, ironic. He got fired in the Lakers because he wouldn't play. Yeah. That's right. A totally yeah. up-tempo style. So, you know, sometimes uh, you learn. And, and, I mean, I think Paul got a little bit of a bad rap on that uh, on that thing. I think if you look at the totality of his career, it's pretty remarkable. You know, Ryan, I don't know if you're aware of that, but that documentary you're referring to, uh, Winning Time, there are a lot of uh, Lakers that are upset with that series, particularly Jerry West, uh, how he was portrayed in that. There's been a lot of complaining yeah. that it's a very inaccurate portrayal of what really was going on. Now, obviously, it's for entertainment, uh, but because it's based on, quote, unquote, real life, blah, blah, you know, there were a lot of, lot of people upset with it. But Yeah, Magic know. Johnson, too, with that yep. one. So Yeah. Oh, well. All right, back to uh, tonight's game. Let's get some predictions uh, before we wrap up this show. Rhino, what do you think on this road trip? What's the record in six games? Four and two. They're, they're going to go four and two. I think San Antonio will be a loss, but I think that they will get both games in New Orleans. I don't think there's any way in the world they're going four and two if they lose to the San Antonio, but that's we'll find out. Jerry, I, go ahead, Rhino. You, I got you, him, go ahead, Rhino. Yeah, I got them three, I got them three and three. Uh, you know, I, I feel like, of course, they'll win. I think they'll be San Antonio, and I kind of have them winning both uh, against the Pelicans. I got them going four and two, and I got them winning tonight, and I have them winning against San Antonio, and then uh, splitting their their remaining four games. Ryan, why are you so San Antonio ish? Because you because of you think the way the Kings played a little of their opponent. A hundred percent, Grant. I can't quantify it with the statistics, but the Kings just seem to play down and struggle against teams that they know that they should beat. When they play teams that are upper echelon or in that elite group, they play up to their competition. Done it for years, still doing it now. Jerry, you talked about Victor Wembanyama. I think that people in their mind have that 38-point game they had against the Suns and think that's the real Victor Wembanyama. That's not the real Victor Wembanyama right now. It probably will be in the future. But, I mean, I, I see a lot of holes right now with that team and with him. Yeah, I do too. You know, it's been, truthfully, he's been a little bit underwhelming. Uh -huh. I, I mean, you see the potential. There's no doubt. There, there's no reason to believe he can't be a, a, a real major star in the league, but it's also true. He's a, he's got a ways to go. His body isn't quite ready, uh, really isn't comfortable uh, posting up. You know, he's more of a, a, a wing player that isn't as quick as most wing players. <laughs> he may be taller, but he's not quicker and stronger and and that creates its own set of problems but uh yeah you know he's uh you know he, he's a work in progress yeah. just like chet Holmgren. i think chet probably is a better fit for his team right now because he's got more talent but i think uh, his game is a little more ready for the nba don't forget we've got wall-to-wall -wall coverage coming up uh ryan with the pregame before uh, tip off and then uh, all three of us back on uh, halftime then post game show for the Kings and the Lakers and then uh, Rhino and me we will be on pro sports fans PSF the app just download it to your phone very easy to do and you can uh, follow along with us uh, the watch party uh, the Kings 
and the Lakers. De'Aaron Fox adds so much to this team. Ryan, I'm expecting a quick start tonight. I think the Kings are going to play very well tonight. I don't know why. I just have a feeling they're going to play an A game tonight. Yeah, I'm with you, Grant. I mean, look at how they've started and ended quarters the last two games. It's been yeah. very well. Sands one run towards the end of the uh, fourth quarter last game. So um, I think that they come out strong, maintain a lead, and the Kings get this one in La La Land. Jerry, we'll talk to you in a couple hours. Thank you very much. Can't wait, guys. Thanks, it's going to be a fun game and uh, start the road trip with a win. How about that, guys? All right, you take care. Thanks we'll very much, Jerry Reynolds. Uh, Rhino, for the folks that are still a little bit uncertain about pro sports fans and the app, give them a couple of quick pointers. Yeah, go if you're Apple, go to the App Store. If you're Google, go to the Google Play Store. I should say Android. Um, and search Pro Sports Fans in uh, both of those stores. Download the app. Just enter your email address, pick a screen name, and then choose the Kings as one of your preferred teams. And yep. uh, join their chat room, and you will be right there when Grant and I go live for watch parties. Sounds great, buddy. I'll uh, talk to you in a little bit, and uh, have a good pregame show. Thanks, Dapes. All right, good stuff right there from Ryan in Sacktown. So, again, if you're just joining us, uh, please subscribe. If you have not already done so, uh, hit the thumbs up. And there we have it. All right, we're all with you most of the evening on various platforms. All right, so we will talk to you later right here on If You Don't Like That. So long, everybody.